0: to bring you stories, lessons, and messages that will help you master your mind, body, and spirit. Thank you so much for listening, and I hope you enjoy today's episode hello once again magical star family earth family amazing people if you are here at part three then you have all of my respect because I do understand it is long it was a long day but if you've made it this far you realize how fascinating what David and what Clifford are sharing um, as it was said it's a 20,000 year oral history uh, unbroken and this is uh, the megama elder David Lombert senapas has only been sharing with non-natives for the for the last five years um, Clifford's been sharing a little bit lo- longer than that, uh, but they have a little bit of dist- different histories. And this is the first time a Zuni elder and an a Mi'kmaq elder came together to share these stories. And now we're really breaking into the star people, the star teachings, um, some of their history. And this is just the tip of the tip of the iceberg. Um, it's really fascinating stuff. So I hope that you're enjoying this episode. Um, if you want to support this podcast, if you want to support this work, um, the best thing that you can do is do one act of kindness today. If you want want to become a spiritual master for a day, all you need to do is do three acts of kindness without telling anybody and going out of your way to do it. Uh, you can get somebody's name, you could, I don't know, make a sandwich for somebody, you could get creative with it, you could pick up a piece of trash, um, you can do all kinds of things, just basically be a good human being. Um, so yeah, and uh, I would like to thank David Lone Um he, I kind of make him unofficially my sponsor. Uh, what he's working on, what I've seen this summer was truly extraordinary. And um, he definitely needs support. Um, he's been able to put I think like 40 balloons into space with almost no help, uh, with very, very little funding. And however, he makes money through his jewelry and things like that. Um, so, uh, we definitely need some support so we can work on the science so we can put more balloons into space so we can work on some more of these technologies from the ancient copper scrolls, um, which are essentially engineering schematics. Um, he has invented a three pole magnet, which magnets are only supposed to be two pole. Um, so that's, you know, you can think about that. um, And, uh, yeah, so please support him. You can reach out to me, Matt, at zenathlete.com or go to lonebearsarts.com. We are going to be doing a lot of speaking next year. We're invited to three big conferences already, and these Native American elders are ready to start sharing their old history. Uh, Clifford says, too, he's like, I've only shared a fraction of, of what I know. We have artifacts. We have all this different stuff. Um, and some of the Zuni and some of the Megama don't want them to share because it's their sacred, sacred knowledge. So um, it is a big deal that these guys are sharing. Um, and so if you resonate with what they're say- saying and want to support, just hit me up. Hit them up, Lone Bears Arts, and uh, I'll be sure to send the support on their way. Please share these episodes with your friends. Um, this is the first time ever so it is a pretty special thing um i want to thank everybody supporting the show on patreon if you're my patron thank you thank you so much i really appreciate you it really does help um thank you for you guys f- uh, leaving reviews please leave reviews and um you know really really supports go to mattbelair.com sign up for the email list stay up to date and uh you can get a free lucid dreaming if you go forward slash lucid dreaming and you are golden so um i'll just leave it at that because i want to just keep this message um with these guys focused over there there um, any inquiries feel free to send a message and before we get into this episode uh, let's just come to a state of peace and coherence and just think about universal kindness and peace yeah just focus on universal peace peace within yourself peace and kindness within yourself and peace and kindness send out to others so wherever you are in the world taking a deep breath in through your nose hold that breath and just connect with the thought of peace kindness and compassion for yourself first and peace kindness and compassion throughout the entire world and just let that breath out slowly with all the cares all the self-criticisms all the self-doubts taking another deep breath in through the nose holding that breath and just really making a firm resolve now to be loving peaceful kind and compassionate to yourself and then just send that energy out to all your friends, all your family, everyone you ran into today, and everyone you've ever met in your entire life. Just sending out love, peace, and gratitude, and good vibes, and good energy. And let that breath out slowly with all the cares and all the worries of the day. Taking in one more deep breath in through the nose. Holding that breath and just really making this firm resolve, this firm commitment to be loving, kind, compassionate to yourself always and just send that energy out to your communities your families to the people on the street to the people who serve you food to the gas station attendant to everyone you meet just letting that breath out slowly feeling totally connected at peace in harmony with everyone and everything and most importantly yourself and I'm sending you all of my love, support, compassion, well wishes, encouragement, inspiration, and just wishing you nothing but the best. So hope that you have an amazing day and enjoy this final part with Native American elders, David Lone Senapas and Clifford Mahudi.
1: And we can do this all around the world with every nation on this earth. The Native people need to wake up here. We, we, we come back for them. We come back for you. They have things they're not telling you. That's why Cliff and I, um, hoping when I get down here Cliff can come up here and explain a little bit more of what I'm doing. You're looking for the meat. That's what we're doing. I'm a hunter. I'm looking for the meat. I'm, I'm hungry. I need to eat. I need to live. This is part of the meat. We have to learn how to hunt before we learn how to shoot. Shooting is easy. Just aim again and point it. Hunting, well, it takes a little more thing. You gotta be a storyteller, because when you miss it, you gotta come up with a story of what you missed it for. <laughs> That's a joke. So, when I try to break down stories, is the relationship to the story, what's really going on, is that indifference, we don't, we look at each other, as we're indifferent to each other. We're only gonna, I'm gonna greet you, but I'm gonna be that much information to you. That information is I, I'm gonna tell you everything about myself, hopefully that you know me. I already know you, you don't need to do that with me. I know who you are. There's information here for everyone in person in this room, if they decided to step forward, and, and take it. I'm a motivational speaker, I used to be anyway, and I spoke uh, all the different, uh, GM, McDonald's, and all the different corps out there I spoke to. And my mother and father were a traditional family. My mother and father says, when you're out there speaking, watch out for strangers, strange people. If they mislead you, you gotta be careful, they'll rob you, watch out for the white people all my travels I've ever been, i never met one white person, all beige and pink. <laughs> so I've been out there traveling on planes and everything else and I was coming back from a speak and I got into um, Logan Airport. Of course they delayed my flight, of course, and I was tired, I'd just been on the road for almost like 12 days speaking, and walking around Logan Airport, you know, we all have a kryptonite in our, in our kryptonite, we have coffee, we have something that we like. My kryptonite is chocolate chip cookies. <laughs> if it's a homemade chocolate chip cookie, it's great, it's, the chocolate's melting, and to me, a chocolate chip cookie and a cup of tea, I'm in heaven. Everything is gone, I'm, I eat those chocolate chip cookies. So I'm walking around Logan, and at the time, they didn't have money things that you put into. They had vendors with people behind them, selling things, selling coffee, tea, and I lived, walked in there, it says, mom's homemade chocolate chip cookies. And I did one of these floating bits, I didn't walk. <laughs> I floated up there and I was looking at this big cookie and, it was, and what it was, they had a motor and back of the cookies going, like Oh my goodness, there are our spirits. <laughs> so at that time, we didn't have uh, credit cards like or debit cards like we have now. You had to carry something really funny with you as cash. So I had cash in my pocket, and it says, Mom's homemade chocolate chip cookies baked from Mom's homemade pie or whatever to ovens that brings you joy and love. Thank you. So I looked in my pocket. I had a dollar seventy-five cents, and a bag of cookies for twenty cookies, and a cup of tea was dollar seventy-seven cents. And I look at the woman with the puppy eyes. I said, "My mom used to make chocolate chip cookies." Pay <laughs> So I, <clears throat> I walk back. And I found two pennies on the floor, two Lincoln pennies. I said, wow. I got them in and said, this is not, Give me that. She gave me a cup of tea and a bag of, she put them in the white bag of chocolate chip cookies. Okay, I was good. And I said, I'm trying to be kind. I said, thank you very much. Shut up. Said, okay, I'm going. So I walked around and I was tired, so I didn't really want to talk to anybody. And I found these waiting rooms. And what the waiting room was, a coffee table, chair, coffee table, chair. And you've seen these in waiting rooms where you can put... So I, I went to one of the, the, the rooms and there was nobody there. So I sat down and here I was gonna enjoy, I was enjoy, sit down, read a book, have a cup of tea and have these char- and they, they weren't the big cookies like this. They were just like bite-sized cookies. But I was gonna enjoy them anyway. So I sat down not thinking what my mother said. Be careful of strangers. Never thought of that. So I sat there and started eating the cookies, and drinking. And this lady comes in where I am, well-dressed lady, well-dressed, and she sat down beside me. I said, good morning, good, how are you? And we talked, and she was a business person too. She was traveling. She sold different things. We talked for 20, 30 minutes. And the conversation went dry, and of course, she went back to what she's doing, and I went back to what I was doing. I said, great. She's not going to talk to me. She's not going to overwhelm me with words. I'm going to sit and enjoy. So I got myself sitting. I had my cup of tea in my hand. I took a cup of tea. They sold Red Rose at the, at the time. I love Red Rose. I drank that. I'm a hunter. I was trained as a hunter. That means my hearing is excellent. I can tell something's different when it's going on. So didn't think I needed a hunting mode at the time, but I was uh, having my cup of tea, and I heard a rustle of a bag. And, and you didn't want to really look that way, because you, when you look at a deer, you don't do that. You, you, what you do is like, <laughs> like that. And I looked over her like that, and she had the bag open, and her hand was in there, and she's looking around for a cookie. I'm looking at her, you know. <laughs> She takes a cookie out really slowly, like she had a gun, looks it in front of me, and she smiled at me.
2: <laughs> I
1: didn't know what to do, because I read motivational books how to get along with people, how, how to influence friends, and things like that. I was kind, I can come up with conversation. But in all those books, they didn't, never told you if they take your cookie, what do you do? <laughs> So I thought about my native skills. I want to do sign language. Okay, so I put my tea down, smiled at her, read at her. Well is cook need She smiles. I reached in the bag, pulled a cookie. <laughs> drank my tea. She looked at me. She smiled. I got my point across. So, I got my tea again, and again, the hunting skills came in. Hear the crumpling of the bag. She has the bag open. Now, I realize she has a gold tooth, because she is smiling. She could put a banana in there. She's smiling so much, and a gold tooth. She takes out two cookies, goes like this. So I'm looking at her to do the the cookie dance, go (laughs) She was drinking coffee. So I reached in the bag, pulled out a handful of cookies, like a magician. (laughs) Drank my tea. She goes You know, I'm a kind person. If you come into my house and you see anything that you like, I'll give it to you freely. I don't care what it is. Anything. But when somebody takes something from you without asking you, without asking permission, you know, I'm a secondary black belt. I should be able to go, I'm out of it, you know. But it wasn't like that. I was, you know, I was about to beat her up. Because maybe then I was thinking, oh, maybe she's that third degree black belt. It's not on me. And that won't look good on my resume, you know, and get beat up. So, she reaches in the bag again. And I was getting, you ever get that mad, that heat rises up and your face is red and you get that thing going, you know? And she reaches in the bag, gives me one of my cookies. I take the cookie. I took the cookie like a bad treaty. (laughs) And I was looking at her, and she takes the bag, takes the cookie out, eats the cookie, turns it upside down, indicating there's no more cookies. (laughs) And she gave me the, I wasn't going to give her that cookie. (laughs) I was looking at and we both get up. And we're doing the partridge dance. In, the, in, the, in our ceremony, we do a partridge dance. And the partridge dance is you, partridge goes, oh, it's, it's going around like that with her. And she's doing the same thing. We're going back and forth. We're getting, we ready to get in a fight over chocolate chip cookies. <laughs> so they called my flight. So I said, okay, I got my stuff. I said, I'm going. <laughs> I got on the plane and I had that anger. We've all had it. You can't get rid of it. Somebody's done something to you, and you're not going to get rid of it. It could be a family member. It could be uh, somebody that you work with. It could be your mate. It could be something, but you carry it for years. Only constant life is change. And you have to change. They're not going to change. You change. So, I thought of that philosophy and thought about who told me that. My grandfather. But my grandfather wasn't there at that moment. He didn't see what happened. He didn't do anything. I got on the plane angered. You ever get angered and you're slamming things? Bang. Bang. Sit down. And I asked the creator. I said, please relieve this from me. Please. This feels bad. This is not me. And I closed my eyes and asked the creator, please take this from me. You asked a lot from me. Just take this from me. Just take this from me. He didn't take it from me. Still there. So I said, I have to give it up." And at the time that I carried a, a Walkman around with a cassette player. You guys know what that is? Mm-hmm. You put a cassette player in it, close it, and you listen to music. You know, it was our technology. And I loved it. You could get that little band in that little place, and I don't I never see them go in. I know it's music there's, I hear it coming out of there. Got to think about that one. <laughs> so I put that on, listening to still my people still coming on. couldn't listen to them. I usually bring books with me to read, so I sat down and I opened my red duffel bag, and I pulled out my bag of cookies. <laughs> I was eating her cookies all along. I was, looking on the, I was looking on the flight, you know, so I hope she doesn't come on. I had the cookies ready. Yeah. But part of the story, part of the story, we don't know when we're eating other people's cookies. We don't ask. You know? We don't ask. And that's how our life is sometimes. The star teaching teaches us to give that person a break. You make the first choice in kindness. If somebody's hurt you, if you're waiting for them, you're going to be waiting a long time. And you're going to change their life by stepping forward. If you want something of mine, I'll give it freely. And I've done that over and over and over again. I expect nothing in return. But in this stage, we expect something in return. I'm going to do this act of kindness, and I'm going to return from that. I'm going to do this act, and then I'm going to return. The white man is the blame. That's in my culture. I'm the blame. I know the story, but I'm not changing it. You know, the teachings are a technological teachings. That means we go to school to learn this. We go to teachings, we go to speaks, we go to tease. It's not a thing you're gonna receive here today. It's gonna to take a step by step by step with that kindness. And this is from the copper scrolls, is that we're gonna make a change in this world, we have to make a change as a community, not as individuals. Our individuals we have to work on ourselves. We look in that mirror each day. We say, Oh, I have to put up with this guy today. And you do every day. But that's not your real self, that's a reflection of you. People don't care how you are unless you care. That's what I learned in your world. I spoke to thousands and thousands of people. Hopefully, that I make one change in one person. But I, I forgot that one important person is myself. I've done a lot of bad things in my life. You know, I hurt a lot of people. I could sit here and tell you over and over how much that baggage carries with me. But that's hard to do. Then we believe to a certain point, go to the next point, and we keep on thinking about that. Do You know, if we just took a one little teeny step forward into that world of kindness and gave something away, it could be money, it could be a possession, it could be your time, it could be listening and shutting up, not trying to solve the problem. And most people just want to talk about it, then it goes away for them. And they said, you're great, that was great, what did you do? What kind of spirit thing did you do? I just listened. <laughs> No, you didn't. You did some sort of crystal thing or something. No, I just listened. The crystals are a gift for somebody else. We get away from trying to be human and try to be spiritual and fail at it. Everybody loves us, but we don't love ourselves. I think um, in my world, the lesson... uh, uh, and my elders told me to come here, deliver these teachings, and I can go home. I thought that I was going to come here to your world. And, and I did what they told me to bring the tease forward, bring the technology forward, speaks and all that. I did all that, hoping that you guys will get it. But he doesn't get it yet. I thought I was just going to be here and go home. I'm still here. We haven't got it yet. We have to free a spiritual mind up to receive it. Not to dilute or delete. It's to have that understanding. This is whole. It will connect everything that you do. It will connect the world with that information. You know, chocolate chip cookie story is a teachings. Every one of the stories I tell is a teachings. We have technology with crystal. That will blow your mind. Right now I'm working on a few projects around the United States. One of them is the biodome. Biodome is an inverted magnetic field. An inverted magnetic field is a field upon itself. There's a field on the outside, field that goes at least 30 to 36 feet to 37 feet out above and into the ground. That field connects to an underwater aquifer that's very fast, that generates electrical magnetic field around the biodome. There's a crystal there, there's a pretty big crystal that uh, makes that um, into a residence field. That resident field goes out, at least, this is the weird part, 1,000 to 1,200 miles around that biodome. We've measured it. It's measured by any scientist in this room. You, we can measure it right now if we want to. And there's a crystal hanging from that biodome, a pure crystal. That crystal creates another field. That field, that, Amplifies all the fields around it to a resonant time field. And that field cancels out time and recognition. You know what that is? And it works. People have been journeying there all around the world to be in that field. And it's not completed. We still have a lot of work to do on it. It will have a control panel in it that will bring up a bunch of people. And you don't have to go to church. What do we pray for? When we meditate, we, we try to come up with peace of mind. We're trying to come up with different ways of thinking. And what stops us is your phone's magnetic waves, your radar magnetic waves, your car, everything else. It dilutes some of the mind. In this field, then them fields don't go through. Your cell phone probably won't work. It blocks the real waves it puts you in this field. When it puts you in the, into that residence time field, you can think of what you, ever, it amplifies or whatever you think. If you want peace of mind, it will amplify that. If you want to just be in residence for an hour, it will be that. That's what we're looking for. This is ancient technology. This is technology from Atlantis. This is one of many, there's many of the proposals out there to build these there's interest in communities to build them. You can build one as big as four feet, and that will transfer at least one-tenth of a mile around. You can build one that's at least 16 feet that goes 10 miles. The one I'm working in Canada, six feet, that's 10 miles. And it works. I wish I could say I invented it. I'm just the engineer that put it together. I got most of my schematics out of the Copper Scrolls. It works on a piezoelectric effect in vibration. In all the systems and all the technology, it's proven. There's nothing pseudo there. There's a magnetic field, but we're taking that magn- magnetic field and making a resonance field of it. Let me explain the resonance field. This flute is tuned differently than your flutes. It's not a Native American flute, what you think it is. You see Carlos Nakai playing a Native American flute with a little birdie on top, and that is the voice of the bird, the voice of the spirit, when he plays that. And it has different things. This is not what you think it is. This is a vibration of flute. When I say that, it's not tuned a key of G. It's not tuned a key of F. It's not do ri me fa so la ti do it's tuned with the Copper Scrolls. When the Copper Scrolls is g- given to me, this was given to me as a Rosetta Stone, so you guys can at least understand where I'm coming from. Once I play this, something's gonna happen. It's gonna sound great, of course, I, I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> but it will affect your field, not immediately. Just like the signal that's coming from space, it'll be 24 to 48 hours before something happens or something might happen immediately, but I can guarantee it will happen. The Philadelphia Experiment was working with the same type of field that I'm working on. It's trying to make something disappear, but they're just trying to make something disappear. We're making something real and something that we can feel in residence. We look for this people Come to me and so say, I've looked for this all around the world. And you have a stick of wood in your hand, and it made a difference. The technology, remember, the aliens don't breathe air like you do. We have a hard time in your system. We have to have some way to communicate with you. you we communi- you're listening to me in a voice, through your ears, through a pressure system, through eardrums. Your translation is the English language, the 26th language, the 26 letters, that's not and you're trying to come up with the answer to the universe, you cannot do it. You need something beyond that. Because your senses right now, your eyes, your ears, only taking so much. That's why you should write something down, because you're going to forget it. You're going to go home, you're going to, I forgot what he said. You can go online to find me, but I'm here for a very short period of time. A very short lifetime here. Hopefully, I'm gonna, you're gonna get this. Listen, not with ears. We have a third eye here. That third eye is an ear too. We, we break things up too many times, We're trying to put this with this and this. It's like doing an orchestra, playing an orchestra and somebody ends up a frying pan playing with the orchestra, bang, bang. That's our human voice. The paint. You can tell he's enjoying his sleeping. What is the spiritual noise? What is a joyful noise? The answer has been staring us in the face. You say it's music. It's not music, it's an interpretation of music. We hear all these beautiful sounds and we relate that to spirit, and memories trickle through. And those memories are our past, our reincarnation past, that we spent life somewhere else. The philosophy was different. The kindness was the same. The stories are different. Philosophy, some of it's still the same. Kindness, compassion, and happiness we can measure. When you do something and give that kindness away to other people, something happens. I can't calculate that. We're looking for peace on earth and we seek it everywhere. We seek it in Christianity, we seek it in crystals, we seek it in all the different things. It is there, but we have to know how to harvest it so we can actually use it for our neighbors, actually use it for ourselves. I can sit here and talk about electronics, I can talk about computers, I can talk about all the schematics you can possibly think of, and it'd be impressive. But it won't matter one bit when you go home. I don't want you to see how smart I am. I want to tell you how kind I am, how compassionate I am, and how we can make each other happy here, to make a joyful noise, to be happy where you are right now, to make a difference in somebody's life That's hard. We have so much stuff in our mind and what we think we're doing. Put everything down. Use your hands for that vibrational touch. Put your hand out to somebody. Say hello. Hello. That's the hard part. The easy part is we can do all the meditating we want and never get anywhere. It doesn't feed the the Hungary. It doesn't stop wars. We almost had it when we had the Million Mind March, but we needed it to go on and on and on. We're not black, we're not white, we're not red, we're not yellow, we're not green, we're not gray. If you get rid of the filters in the sky, everything be one color. Then where would your philosophy be? When where, where would the blue light be? Where would the rainbow be? A rainbow is not a rainbow what you think. We step far enough back, a rainbow is a circle, joined with all the colors and all the vibrations. The only energy that you know on this earth is electricity. There's no other energy in love or anything, it's electricity. It's like saying your phone is is the energy of love. You need a power dam to make your Cell phone work. You need an infrastructure to get the information to you. And we do it so lightly. Oh, I have this. You know, more of the worlds are here. Machines are battling us. The artificial intelligence is already in your phones. You don't even know that, do you? Several years ago, I work with cell phones because it's the only thing I can, I work with their processors, They're a little faster processors than the 80 processors. So I get people donate cell phones to me, I take them apart, use the processors. I was uh, working uh, in my lab and I took a cell phone apart and I was working with the uh, inside program, the AFRG program. What that does, it, it takes all the other programs of the phone and puts them together to make sense of it, so when you dial seven eight nine two, it takes that from the finger where that switch is and donates that into the phone, into the air, into the band, and sends it. So I was working with that. So I, I had to go because I was looking for the program for that, just the, the number of program. So I got into the phone, and I noticed because I I can have a re- I have a uh, three screens I read from. So I'm looking at the screen, looking at this screen, and I was just. Looking for that program because in the, there's a little um, chip, and it has 21 uh, um, wire connections to them, and you you hook the one of the wire connections up, and it goes to the program, goes to the processor, and it shows you what the what's reading. I went, I kept on going through them and going through them, and going through them, and find just simple programs, basic programs, binary programs, things like that, and I come up with something. I didn't, couldn't identify. And I looked at that, and it was working without a battery. I didn't have the battery on the phone, but it was working, and it was calculating. And I looked at the calculation. It was doing at least four bits a second. That's like a calculator. So it was going through, bang, 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 bang. I'm looking at this. Then something comes up on the top, reads through, everything disappears. So that's a fluke. So I went looking for it again. I couldn't find it. It was just a simple cell phone. Something I, 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 can, I can make a cell phone right now. I looked for that program. I couldn't find it. So I so thought, I must be a short or something. So I think a couple months later that I'm, I'm, I'm trying to make a processor uh, for, to, take, uh, to uh, get up to 60,000 feet and take um, multiple pictures with 12 different cameras. My cameras are not big. They're miniature cameras, HD cameras, and I have them all around the balloon. So I'm trying to go to relay, to relay, to relay, to re- get the information to go into a processor, to process, process into dots, to pictures, into that, into a cent- central um, memory. And I was going down through that, and I come up with something similar to that, couple months before. It did the same thing. Bang, 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 bang. It was processing and it was faster. But this wasn't in the phone. This was in my computer now. And it took all the information of my computer, what I was doing, put it into a small program, shot it out of my computer, into the internet somewhere. But I couldn't find, usually that uh, most of the time that you write a program, you could, uh, there's a ghost program you can back up because nothing's deleted on a program on the computer. All you're just changing the, all you're doing is changing the title. But the program is still there. If you go online and, so I'm going to delete all my email, you don't delete it. You're just changing the, 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 um, the characters or so, but still there. So I know that. So I'm looking for that program. And uh, the only thing I could come up with is a point 0.1, point 0.2, point 0.1, point 0.0. And they didn't mean anything. I couldn't make heads or tails of it. And I thought of some maybe it's pro. So I asked uh, uh, people at MIT that I, I knew in a couple other places. And they said, well, we kind of ran into the same thing. That we think there's a, um, a program out there that runs part of the internet and your phones and lights and street lights and all the different things. So I don't have a big technologies lab. I, I have donation of computers and flat screens and all the things people have. My stuff is very old when I get it. I have one thing that I have that was given to me many years ago. It's a little higher technology than a computer. So I hooked that in the computer and I found it. The thing was one billionth of a second program that can take all the information from a phone Shoot it into a processor and shoot it somewhere out there. I found it in my phone. All the cell phones that I ever took apart, I found it. I found it in my computer. I found it in my car. I found it. Everything that has technology, I found it. It, ha- it had traces to it. It was taking my information and sending it somewhere. It was taking your information, these cell phones. Was taking, these cell phones were still working, they had the batteries out of them. For months, these things were still working. How was they working? So, I think about a year ago when I was working with that program, I said, how is these things still working? What are they, where are they getting their power source from? Because the batteries, your phones, you get a power source from your battery. What are they using? They're using an electromagnetic wave from a crystal. That crystal, um, a, you know what a crystal radio is that runs out of battery? That's how they were doing it. But the information was more than your computer can ever give. And it was fast. Every, the phone you have right now has it in it. You ever say something and it comes up on your advertisement? They're listening, even when your phone's off, when your phone is out of your battery. So that's not, this is not a scare tactic. This is real. You know, I'm, I'm not a pseudo-scientist. I'm, I want to know what the heck this is. I know Jackal and I was, said something um, a month ago and we get advertisements on that. And I said, I'll oh, give David a million dollars. So yes, there is other things out there that use your technologies. I can't say it's alien, I can't say it's reptilian, I can't, but there's somebody collecting information, something, on the, not just individual, on the whole world. And I've worked with a few other programmers on this, and they verified what I, what I had. I would be scared. Um, so I met um, a couple of people that uh, work with very high advanced programming, and I told them about that. We met with no technology around us. All the technology was put away a mile away, kind of met out in a field. We didn't have any technology on us so anybody could hear us. We we went to a remote place without any streetlights or any cameras. And he said, yes, you're exactly right, David. That program is called the Conjective Program. It was made up 27 years ago from, well, what you would call it, um, I'm sorry, crash site. They, they scavenged things from the crash site. Uh, what, what is it? Roswell. Roswell, yeah. So the reverse engineering from Roswell, they said, that's where that information came from. I said, I don't believe in Roswell. You know, that's just a... You know, a History Channel thing. So okay, great. You don't believe that, but he says, where did they get the technology? Because the technology is not the machinery. It is how they developed the machinery. It's a living organism. It's not like a silicon chip. It's it's a patch of organism. It's like a amoeba. amoeba? and it's very micro, and it makes its own decision to the command. That's crazy. Why would they use that? Because I investigated Roswell many years ago. I went to the crash site and did readings and did all that stuff. I'm sure all the scientists do verify their findings. And I come up with a Balloon theory, oh, it's a balloon crash site uh, It's of Hootie or whatever that, uh, test dummies, all that. And I, with all that research, I couldn't put those, there were two different time periods that didn't match up. You know, the Blooms project was different than the other project. And, you know, say on, they say online, but they're a little bit wrong online because of the time period. I'm not saying it didn't happen, but it happened in different events. There was three crash sites instead of one. There was another one at least uh, 40 miles of that. Uh, and I said, okay, if you find flying aircraft, uh, if anybody's flown in here, that when you fly in formation, uh, you have a wingman. Your wingman is the one you want to pay attention to. No matter what's going on outside, you want to make sure you stay with your wingman. So something crashed. Um, Looking at um, what was left there, uh, it looked like a meteor crash uh, because where the impact was, if it was a weather balloon, it'd be bang, you can see the crash. And I I knew what they were sending up at the time. I I can identify what that weather balloon was. And they were sending up weather balloons at the time with some technology in it. So whatever this crash site would have been a spherical crash. I come up with a uh, 78 degree impact. That means something hit at seven degrees made a 15-foot crater 10 feet down. Uh, If you know think about math and volume, you can do the the math on that, what that was. You can tell the weight, almost what it was. And what it was, (laughs) the only thing I can come up with is an M&M. Yeah, it looked like an M&M. Or or a pill. It was was just uh, long and spherical, and and it was... something like that, and it weighed at least nine tons. So, and I looked at what was online, of course, conspiracy galore. I looked some of the other research, read books about it and things like that, and a lot of the stories are made up. Uh, they said they went into the hospital room and they had the aliens and things like that. That didn't happen. I wish that would did happen, that would be a little bit of proof. That didn't happen. But they took something, there, something did go into the hospital. But when that thing crashed, there was five um, Phantom 4 jets missing from a uh, hangar uh, from there. So said, Phantom jets, what would they be doing in Roswell? If you look on the records, the military records, four Phantom jets crashed probably uh, 15 minutes before the Roswell crash. So I said, that's strange, and because I thought it was aliens or something like that. So they covered up the crash, the four pilots, oh, no, no, there was uh, six pilots that died, um, and something that crashed. And all I can determine, whatever it crashed, the technology, the metal ergy, whatever else, wasn't balloons. <laughs> I found the balloons where they went. I launched balloons. I know, I know how balloons work and how they try. This ended up being a cylinder type of pretty big thing, and it did break in half. And uh, there's more witnesses out there that are still alive that can tell you about this. I've talked to one of them that uh, hauled the debris. Why does anyone want to uh, come forward? Is, uh, he doesn't like this world. He's all the things, it's all the conspiracy theories out there, he'd be covered up in that conspiracy. It wouldn't be the truth. So, something did crash. People were killed. People were brought into the hospital, was Air Force people. They took most of the F4 uh, Phantom crash sites and they buried them in the desert. I found them. Um, I found one of them, anyway, um, and they have that technology, whatever that is, and that's in your cell phones. reimbursed. You've heard of Bob Lazar. He was not lying. He did work for the United States government in some sort of program, a reversal of some sort of engineering in our tribe, and as a scientist, I know that because it's not pseudo, it's not something out there that I'm just making up. I've talked to the people, I've seen the information that's out there and I believe these people. What does this do with star teachings? Well, I'm here. We're looking at the same technology and it's copper scrolls. What are these things? Are they little green men that walk around and with no clothes on, it scares the hell out of you the hell on me, I think we have one in his house, sitting on the table or chair. When I go to the bathroom, I see those eyes looking at you, ah.
3: <laughs>
1: But they're out there, something's out there. How do we uh, get this information together? We can go to seminar, we can go to seminar and listen to all the facts and stuff like that. It's going to be a time that we're going to have to put some stuff on the table. My balloon research with pictures, photographic pictures of things moving on this earth, moving above this earth, busier than Grand Central Station. I compiled that information for the last five years. Right now it's owned by a council. It's not owned by me. The council is the one that determines if it's going to be released or not. We have. It. We have the we still have the technology to put balloons up. We're scheduled to put a balloon up here pretty soon. My balloons stay up to one to five to six months. I can do a full orbit of the Earth with them. I can park it beside the space station if I wanted to. And that is technology from the Copper Scrolls. It's hard to make a claim like this, but it's not a claim, it's the truth. We have people to verify everything that I just said today. I have, you go, go online, you can see some of the balloon research I've done. I've done, I've set up some gravity arrays, to measure gravity pulse of the earth. I know how, most of how these uh, crafts work, uh, because they leave a residue. Uh, we're not looking at the right thing when we're looking at the residues. Um, when I mentioned a neutron star, if we can get one ounce of a neutron star, we can power New York for 10 years. One ounce. You know, but that, new, that, that will weigh at least 20 tons, one ounce in our version but it splits time. Any weight you put out there will split time. You're sitting on the chair, you wait right now, you're splitting time to a certain point uh, because we're in time mass. A neutron star. When I got the information of that and talked with Bob Lazar, he talked about the power unit. So that sounds like a neutron star to me. Who can go to a magnetic star And and harvest this, or even have a chisel hard enough to pull one of these or pull it off the magnetic field. He said, That's easy. He sat down and wrote me a formula at breakfast. I said, Go do that. I got his book, and I I didn't believe him because I thought he was making it up and sell books and do all that stuff. That formula sat in my desk for about a year, and I think I come across it once. I like go, it's a simple formula. I can, I can build this. So I, I guess it took a weekend and a week to build it. And stupid device, it was a, just a little platform with a, a platinum um, rod, uh, two triangles of silver and platinum, copper um, and a, a coil, a coil went around. Was very close to the other coil, and he says, "Get a tritium magnet." And I go, "Now this is the, the free energy stuff, tritium magnet." Oh yeah, won't work. <laughs> so I said, "I can't find a tritium magnet. What in the heck is that? That's pseudo stuff. That's that's the holy grail of stuff. You know? you know that's the um, ark of the covenant. We find that we know the truth, right?" So. I said I built all this stuff, and it's just a smaller contraption out of that formula. So I don't I know what is. So that's when the internet was coming out, and then you had to hear that, you know, get in, plug in the telephone, and all that. So I plugged in that and waited, and and I was down to the internet cafe in Prescott, and there's all kinds of computers in there and people. And I'm first at the internet. Okay, I, this is different. My technology. I'm looking. Tritium magnet. Mm-hmm. Russ Lawrence, tritium magnet, made one, 1963. Hmm. So I looked at his schematics. A three-sided magnet. That's all it is. I had magnets north and south? Right? What's a three-sided magnet? Has one more north. That's easy. So I ended up uh, working. Well, the next three years, I'm trying to build that thing. I had furnaces, I had ceramics, I had iron ore, I had gold, I had all these different things to try to make a three-sided magnet. And I ended up um, kind of giving up. And I remember my furnace going up to 3,700 degrees with ceramic it, and it was starting to bubble and everything else, and I just took the iron ore, threw it in there, and I said, oh, this is, rabbit hole, I'm not doing that, and let the furnace shut off and went to work. Forgot all about it, the furnace cooled down a couple weeks, uh, dug out the furnace, I was gonna make pottery. <laughs> <laughs> Treating magic to pottery. <laughs> so I was digging that out there, then I, with my chisel, because the, the ceramic pot is, is a ceramic, so you don't wanna break that. So I was chipping that out there, and I hit that, my hammer, hit the top of my hand, cut my hand open, and stuck to that stuff. Right. And, I, and I was like, <laughs> and it was bleeding, and that's so I come back to it. So I, <laughs> so I left it there. Then it was like the, um, uh, what's Thor, his hammer? Yeah. Trying to get a 16-ounce hammer off that thing. I pulled and pulled and pulled, and I could not separate it. It was just a magnet, right? It's a magnet. So I, uh, I hooked it to a, a, um, a bench, and I had to block and tackle. And I was trying to get it off, blo- and I couldn't get it off. So what in the world's going on? Because I had the formula. So I ended up um, taking uh, liquid nitrogen and pouring it in there to see if it made any difference. So when the liquid nitrogen went in there, it took the hammerhead that big and made it that small. And I had the big handle, I still have it, and the was that small it compressed it somehow. Oh, wow. So I left the hammer there up because I couldn't get it off. So I ended up cutting a piece of this um, ceramic. And, I, and when I cut it, of course, as soon as my blade hit it, it wouldn't cut it, but it stopped the, um, the, the metal saw. And I said, holy crap, what is this? So I ended up going through the formula again. And uh, exactly what I've done, and I've done it in a very small proportion, nano ounces. And I come up with a cube, how big is that cube, was one-eighth by one-eighth? And, it was, uh, and I measured it, and I measured it measured two norths and one south, the two norths were stronger than the south, and it reverberated upon itself because you put it on the table, and, was, and I was thinking, what's it doing? Is it, why is it, it's not a motor. What it is, is when the earth is turning, the magnetic fields is reacting to the magnetic fields. Because the magnetic field is not smooth, it goes through a reaction, makes a bounce, makes this trading magnet bounce. So I took the treating magnet with this contraption that I was trying to make. I put it on the bottom where he said it was. Instantaneously, there was a blue light that emitted from the middle of the triangle. A very bright blue light. And I think my metaphor, I'll I'll quote Matthew, is holy shit. (laughs) (laughs) I don't swear, so that's just a quote. So it made a blue light. But it was an arc of blue light. It's it like almost it like a welding spark. But it was bright. And I kept that on my desk for it a conversation for a year. <laughs> People come, you oh, know what is that? Oh, that's a thing like that. But after many years later, bring it to the council, they wanted to know of this technology. The only thing I could show them is that device, and I still have it, and this light's still going. And it's pretty bright. I brought it uh, to the house where I was speaking. I think Jacqueline was there when I brought it. But it muted a field around it. And that field you could feel all through the house. So, between the conjective, that what's in your computers to this technology was written in a form from Bob, like, yes, there's something definitely going on out there. I can't say it's Green Man or the. Whatever you guys are saying it is. The, the, but there's something going on. There's something going on in the oceans. There's something going on in the atmosphere right now. I measure these with my balloons. I have, I have a camera on the balloons. I have different wavelengths cameras I can detect. The reason why you can't see them here is they're using a cloaking field. I can pick up pretty magnets now. So when one of those things land, wherever it lands, it's gonna make a three-sided magnet and wherever it makes. We can't detect it with a guider counter because it's, it's, it's not nuclear, it's something else. So when I went there and I had that technology, I went back to Roswell, guess what? I picked up their signature, their power signature from that Neutron star, which they th- supposedly have, that's what powers those ships, crafts. Every one of them. The reason why they can move so fast through our s- system, Then they're not, they're not moving. <laughs> they're just shifting. That's all that is, just the time shift. It's like if you can time shift right now, if, if, if somebody observed you from a far away, it looks like you're moving. It's a mirror and smoke trick, but it does gain distance. But it's just playing tricks with the magnetic field. Bang, bang. They didn't move one inch. That's why they're not being pulled back to the craft. They're shifting through time with a very active power source to there. And I have the, uh, I've been doing calculations on that for the last 20 years of that power source. I can duplicate it. My suggestion is to come back tomorrow. Where are we gonna to be tomorrow? Well, she, she would tell you where I'm gonna to be tomorrow, but I just wanna thank you guys for listening today. Maybe you didn't get your meat and bacon today, but remember, contact is a progressionary thing. I trust you, you trust me. It's not gonna be, I trust you, I'm gonna give you everything, They're the same. Let's work with this. I don't have all the answers. I have little bit of, little bit of the answers. And if we are looking for the UFOs, we can find them now. <laughs> it's just going to take a little bit of technology to find them. My, my stuff is very primitive. I've, I've used stuff in the dump and donated it. Can you imagine if we had 200,000 or a million dollars to come up with a technology to fly with one of these things? write it down. And we've been using our technology of jets to try to come up with something that's so fast that we don't even, you know, jets are not going to catch up to these things. I guess the cat out of the bag, Hawaii, the trip to Alaska to Hawaii, They followed an airliner, made this up known, gave that airliner pilot some information that I needed to talk to that airline pilot to get that information. And this is a well documented event. There's information all around us that we need to decipher, they've, they've given you some of the information. On something you don't even understand. We talk about abductions, very real. We talk about implants, very real. Our mainstream scientists are coming on board. I'm a mainstream scientist. I've done some of the research, I've uh, worked with some of the technologies of hand, from jets to rockets to balloons. They just want to know what we're going to do with it. They hand it over to you. It has to be in a community. It can't be in front of the White House. It can't be a spiritual leader. It has to be in community of kindness. Do you understand that? So this is not even the bacon and eggs. This is the frying pan. I'm here. I wish I can sit here and talk to you all night and answer every one of your questions and they're legitimate questions if you can break them down. They want to make contact because you asked them, but we have to get the pseudo out of this. And that, that's a hard thing to do because we're all intertwined with it. When Sedona, would Sedona. Would you come for the information in Prescott, Maine in the, in the Civic Center? Probably some of you in Hicks, Presque Isle, Maine. <laughs> Right now, I'm coming to you. I um, have different events scheduled, uh, releasing this information with Clifford. Clifford and I have a little more to talk about. We've been talking a lot last a few days. A lot of it is just to try to understand the language of both of us talking, because we speak a whole different language. It's here. Tell your friends it's here, but you've got to come and get it. The technology we could use within a year. We just had a little bit of community. We have um, proposals, four or five different places in the United States. Biodome is being worked on, being somewhat funded. Peace Village, they want a proposal of a resonator there, I'm working on that. Canada wants a resonator. Find out what they are, go online. Thank you this afternoon for listening to me. I tell people tell things with a grain of, take a things with a grain of salt. If you don't like the taste, put more salt. <laughs> so, thank you, thank you.
2: All right. Well, thank you. Um, I know that when David speaks this much, he gets very, very, very tired. So. Um, if we could just please respect his space as we're leaving, that would be greatly appreciated. Um, we are here and we're trying to give as much as we can while we're here for this short time. So tomorrow we'll be at Santi from three to five, and that's about an hour south, I believe, from here. We're also planning on doing a tea. Um, The tea is the spiritual technology that we can implement as a community. So we're planning on doing one tomorrow evening at 7. That location hasn't been determined yet. Um, So we are also planning, hopefully, to do a tea on Monday afternoon, maybe by the water um, with some of Ramsey's help. Um, And that's all we know so far. And if um, usually our teas are posted on... On Facebook, if you're on Facebook, there's a Star Teachings page. So facebook.com slash star teachings with an S on the end. Or um, if you wanna check out, uh, we have facebook.com slash distant ancient echoes. And that's where we have a lot of the technology, some of the biodome, some pictures and videos and some more information there. Um, So you're welcome to check those out. If you have questions, write them down. You can send them into those pages or bring them with you tomorrow in the next few days. Um, I think that's all I have. And I'll just ask Clifford to come back up again. Thank you.
3: Wow, what an experience. This is the first time I've kept the during a lecture. No, this is not. That's not true. I, uh, it's been very exciting. We're in exciting times. Uh, some of us that have been on both what they call the the both paths, the uh, the white man path in science, technology, engineering, and also our spiritual path. I think one of the things that has really uh, been uh, taking hold in present day is the uh, that we have always taught that in the beginning, technology and spirituality were one and the same. And we're making a full circle now. And like I said this morning, we're now at that stage that we have to get this information out there because the times are at such that we have to let go of this type of holding back information. And again, we're probably, this, our our generation is probably the last that we were taught both sides in technology from our ancestors, ancestral knowledge. And uh, so we're trying to get everything all back together again. And in the future, there will be other meetings with, with David and then um, we're getting a group together right now, and we're going to probably be, there'll probably be at least 10 of us for, with the same path network, both technology, uh, but our, the common goal is to go back in what I call the, the compassionate intelligence route, which practices kindness, love, and application of true things that we have deviated from for, you know, for centuries. So uh, we are put these things back together again, and, and it's my task to get these things and identify those people that are of the right approach and to be straight with the, the messages that we are receiving. We don't make these messages up. We are only the messengers. They work through us. And some of us, we even probably volunteered. I, for example, I ran away from it for years. But uh, I could never uh, get away from the, what I call my star brothers. They led me, they allowed me to do what I did. But when I woke up one morning about 40 years ago, I said, It's like that uh, yellow wine commercial of many years ago where it says that we shall serve no time, I mean, wine before it's time. <laughs> and the guy, be, guy over there, next to the counter said, I'll triple the price. He said, it's time. So that's what uh, I, I am very grateful that my ancestors were very patient with me and also with the Star Brothers. So this is, I think that some of us had to go through a lot of these hardships in order to temper us, especially with the intelligence that had been conveyed to us. As again and again, we do not do this for ego. We do not do this for, for uh, monetary gain or fame. It's just the fact that we had been, I guess, given that task to carry these messages forward. I never understood why I was in a places like what, where, what I went through. And then the other part of this same approach is that we take the risk we have all taken the courage to come out with a lot of this stuff and in a lot of our cases we are sort of outsiders we go back to our own native communities and we are looking looked upon as somebody that we had sold out or had taken the route because we we were forced into it it said no we made those choices those choices were made not at that time because we didn't know what the future held for all of us. But the, again, there are no coincidences. There are no accidents. And so this is why we're in this, all this together. And I have been sort of taken upon myself to start making connection with people like David. And I am so proud that, um, that he had made our appearance. I, we put this together in about a week. And so this, this, this indicates to me that there are other, our star brothers and our, our ancestors are working with us to start up the, the, the timelines because we're getting close to something that we would be probably talking about more in the very near, very near future. So I'm glad that you folks took the opportunity to come out here today and there'll be some more information transfer that we're also, like I said, getting all our other brothers and sisters that have gone the same path. And it's my duty to get these people, uh, collect those uh, information from them and get their permission to start talking as a group rather than individually. And also we're gonna include the younger generation. We have a lot of star kids among our native communities that are still lost right now, and we have other groups that are working with it, and in some future date, we'll give you the whole network of what we're doing. We cannot wait for anybody to say that uh, this information is gonna be made available. We're the ones that are gonna do that. So, and we appreciate anything of the questions that you have for all of us. And as David said, kindness is the way to make the message go across. And I thank you very much. I believe that we're talking about meeting together in the next couple of days. And uh, I, I don't mind if we, because we got the, uh, the center there at my house, if it's okay. What do you think? Or because... I live down, uh, I live here in the valley, in Verde. Uh, it's up to you. Sure. Um, so. Well, maybe we can talk about it and you can put it on the internet. Okay. How, how's that? Again, we, this is such a very fast pace that we put this together and I think we pulled it off real good. Yeah. So. Yeah.
0: Thank you very much. Okay, guys, that wraps up that three-part series with the Native American Elders. David Lombert Senepas of the Migamah and Clifford Mahoudi of the Zuni. Uh, For those of you who went through all three, you have nothing but my honor, my respect, my support, and my gratitude for receiving that information. Um, I can honestly say that a lot of what he says goes over my head, um, but I can say with spending time with both of them and watching them talk, I do do believe that they're genuine and that they're sharing this story and they're sharing this lineage um, and this history to the non-natives for the first time. So it's completely mind blowing because it's unfamiliar to all of us unless you grew up in indigenous culture and and uh you were you learned about that stuff it's just it's totally mind-blowing um and so just thank you for listening and and making it all the way through if you want to support the show the best way you can do that is one act of kindness today Uh, three acts of kindness is even better Uh, please support David Lone Bear Sinopass by sharing these episodes with everybody you know Um, you can support him if you go to lonebearsarts.com or you can hit me up at matt at zenathlete.com and uh, I can put a connection for you Um, we we're looking to spread this message around the world that's the goal with these two and they want to share this lineage to the non-natives and we could use your support doing Doing that um, David has technologies from these ancient copper scrolls that he wants to build and just needs some time and some resources to do that. So they are pretty incredible things that he has talked about, and we just basically need to figure out how to get him the resources for it to to offer that technology into peaceful community um, and then make sure that there's integrity that it has to be for all people um, you know it can't just be for some people it needs to be able to um, get out there to all people for all humanity to make the biggest and largest impact so um, we are talking about and working on some truly extraordinary stuff if you look on youtube on my channel um and you can watch this entire thing on youtube as well if you go to the matt belair show on youtube Um, you know, he has put balloons into space, invented a three pole magnet, um, and a few other really incredible things. So, you know, there is science here. There is proof here in what is being built. And so I invite you just to take a little step deeper, deeper, take an action, dive in, just see what comes up. And if you want to support, uh, you know, any angel investors, uh, you know, anybody who's, um, administrative assistant, you know, anybody who just wants to share the message and resonates, we could use all that. It is an extremely small team. Team um, that is dedicated, uh, what is that, selflessly and like 24 hours a day for a long time to help. David bring the message out, and uh, Clifford is the same, um, where he is just dedicated to this and coming out of retirement to share this knowledge, so um, please support them as you wish and as you feel inclined, and I'm happy to connect you guys if you want to do uh, have them speak at your event or invite them somewhere or support them in some way. Um, it's truly special, and I'm excited to see what comes out over the next months, over the next years as they continue to share more and more because their history takes a long time to learn. Um, so thank you, everybody, for listening. I love and appreciate you. Uh, you can check out the email list and sign up there uh, if you want to stay in touch. And before we close it out, um, I'll just invite you to come to a state of peace and coherence. And so all you need to do is just take in a deep breath in through your nose, holding that breath while just connecting to the idea of peace, kindness for yourself, compassion for yourself, and connection with spirit. And just let that breath out slowly with all the cares and all the worries of the day. Taking another deep breath in through your nose, holding that breath and just deeply connecting to the firm resolve and decision to be kind, compassionate, and supportive to yourself and to move about your days in kindness and compassion to others. And just let that breath out slowly with all the cares and all the worries. Taking one last deep breath in through the nose really connecting to this idea and this resolve of being loving and kind and compassionate to yourself, to others, thinking of peace and unity and collaboration and the possibilities that would bring on this planet and knowing that it starts with you being peaceful within yourself and within your community. So there you go. I'm sending all of my love, my support, my encouragement, my inspiration. Uh, Thank you so much for listening to this episode. I hope that you have an amazing day and I will see you in the next one.